Um, okay, let's let's go to the NFC West because there's quarterback news in the NFC West this week too, and it's that the number one overall pick in the draft, Jared Goff, who the Rams, um, and please, <clears throat> please, excuse me, <clears throat> I got something stuck in my throat, and I swear it was a food crumb and not a big thing of schadenfreude, but... <laughs> Um, the Rams, uh, Jared Goff will be their third quarterback after trading up a, a whole bunch, trading a whole bunch of picks to Tennessee to go up to number one and get Jared Goff and in classic Rams style, hyping the shit out of him for four months before announced finding out that he really wasn't quite ready to play in the NFL. Now, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that like we talked about with Wentz, that they're not starting him. If he's not, if he's not ready, don't start him because you've got too much invested in him to throw him out there and get him hurt or get him, you know what I mean? But um, it's not probably good for their public relations machine to, uh, to, to have their first overall pick uh, on the third string and inactive this week at San Francisco. Well, like I said, I, 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 I'm really, you know, torn about this because I'm just not used to, giving the Rams props for much of anything aside from, you know, maybe their defensive line. But uh, I, I actually agree with it. Look, there's a lot of pressure for everything they gave up yeah. to move up and, and get Jared Goff. You have to think there's a lot of pressure on them to just throw them out to the wolves and let, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. But, but I actually applaud them for saying, look, <laughs> we care about the long-term health of this team now. Yeah, this guy is going to be in our future for years and years and years if everything works out well. There's yeah. no reason to throw him out there. We already have Case Keenum, who you know, you already kind of the plan was probably already to start off with Case Keenum and then work mm-hmm. uh, Jared Goff in. But but again, in those preseason games, Jared Goff kind of you know crapped the bed a little bit. Yeah, especially as they went on. Like uh, seems like he played better at first and then kind of tailed off and some of that you know, I'm sure is attributed to pressure and and just you know trying to process everything uh and everything is, is a lot faster now than it was than he was mm-hmm. used to in college at Cal so uh they had the wherewithal to say you know what he's not ready yeah and we're not just going to throw him out there I actually thought they were going to do the opposite that it would have been so rounds for them to just oh, throw yeah. him out there and then when he's pitiful they, they cut bait with them early. Yeah. But um, uh, again, see, it, the, the, and the thing of it is, and, and I touched on this with Wentz, the beauty of this situation is they almost, they're almost in a no-lose situation. Like, sure, initially people are going to want, 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 you know, to pick, oh, you know, you did all that and mm-hmm. got the guy and he's not ready. But if Case Keenum falters, and you bring Jared Goff in, the crowd is going to go wild. Oh, Everybody's yeah. going to love it. Everybody's going to be hyped. Whereas, if you start Jared Goff and he's fucking terrible, <laughs> and you have to go to Case Keenum, everybody's going to boo both of them. Oh, and yeah. the coaching staff and the front office. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're setting him up to be the hero anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and, and look, I, I don't think he'll necessarily be, you know, he won't be ready the whole season. Yeah. I'm sure at some point, even if Case Keenum plays well, we'll see Jared Goff start to be the number two quarterback and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you're setting him up now to be the hero 
rather than setting him up to be the GOAT. Yeah. And so I think just everything about this makes a lot of sense. Nobody thinks the Rams are going to contend for a title this year. You know, even if this guy was great, uh, he just, no, it, it, they, not this team. Mm-hmm. They still need a lot, a lot of talent, put a lot more talent together to <laughs> yeah. surround him. Yeah. Especially in the division they're playing. I mean, they're playing in the same division as the Seahawks and the Cardinals. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just a lot to do. And then you're going to throw this rookie out there who's showing you he's not ready? No. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Stick to your guns. Play Case Keenum. That's what you're paying them for in the first place to kind of be the tackling dummy for a while. Yeah. Until, until the guy's ready. Hand off to Todd ready. Gurley. And hand off to Todd Gurley. <laughs> and then, you know, once you finally feel like golf is ready, throw him out there and see what he got. Yeah. And like I said, his reception will be so much better if Case Keenum is terrible and he comes in and, 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 and wins a few games. Yeah. Then if... Like Carson Wentz, like I said, if Carson Wentz goes out there and it's terrible and then they have to turn to Chase Daniel, the, the whole coaching staff might need security after the game. Yeah. So, you know, it still feels weird to say that, but hey. It, it does. I guess here's the, here's the concern I would have with this is that it's not that Goff's not ready to play and it's not even that he's on the third string. Well, maybe a little bit that he's on the third string, but like my concern here is, is like, Nobody on this coaching staff has any experience developing quarterbacks. And not that they've had just a ton of time with him, because we know that he's a rookie. We know that, you know, practice time in the offseason is pretty limited for NFL teams as it is. So it's not just like they have a ton of time to get these guys ready as it is. But, like, you just did not see signs of visible, visible signs of improvement from Goff during the preseason and that's tough to swallow because it's like well okay you know maybe he's not ready but you've got you know you've got a good coaching staff in place that can handle this and they don't have to start him yet so they got they've got time to go but like man that's got to be a concern of just who the hell rob boris is their offensive coordinator he's a tight ends coach chris winkie is their quarterbacks coach i mean he was at img academy before this so, I mean, he knows how to get guys ready for the draft. I'm not saying he necessarily doesn't can't do it, but, you know, you don't have a precedent there for that. And, and you do have a precedent with this team and this coaching staff for thinking, you know, misidentifying franchise quarterbacks over the years. So we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm not optimistic, but, I mean, you know, that's sort of my natural inclination when it comes to Jeff Fisher and the Rams anyway, as you may or may not have heard. Yeah, I kind of got that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's some seven to nine bullshit, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's a new city, so you may have heard with the Rams, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, I guess I look at this division though, and it's still like you said earlier. It still comes down to the Seahawks and the Cardinals right now. And that's a tough call because you can look at both those teams and they're real good all over the board, all up and down their depth chart, you know, with a few things here and there for each team that you could maybe point to as sort of an Achilles heel, if, if you could even go as far as to call it that. But, um, like, to me, it's a coin toss right now between those two teams as to who would win the division. I, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I don't really see 
much of an advantage for either of them um, just on paper. And so, uh, you know, the Cardinals won the division last year, um, but it was kind of after the, the Seahawks had that uncharacteristic slow start to the season. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and injuries you know, you, you, at the beginning of the season, too, that they had to kind of contend with. Right. And, and that's what I was going to say. Like, maybe one thing that, that, that will worry me about the Seahawks a little bit still is uh, the offensive line, of course, is still uh, some issues there. They just lost uh, Jermaine Effetti yeah. to uh, uh, high, high ankle, ankle. sprain for, for a few weeks. And I've had those, and they can linger. And, and you know, there's just no telling how he was going to play in the first place, just to be honest with you. So, you know, you got a rookie who was starting. Now, you know, who knows who they're going to throw in there uh, to replace him. But also, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham, they, they traded for Jimmy Graham, and he was supposed to be this huge piece of their offense, and then he gets hurt. Yeah. And we're still not sure, you know, just how healthy he is or if he can stay healthy this season. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's maybe reason to believe if they were heading into this season healthy, maybe they had a little bit of an edge um, over the Cardinals. But all things being, you know, being equal now, uh, and you just look at some of these injuries, they also uh, lost the guy who they thought was going was gonna to be their starter at nose tackle, Jordan Hill. Uh, they end up having to put him on IR, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, to me, that, that kind of even things out a little bit more. Uh, I'm, I'm inclined to still favor the Seahawks just a little bit because I, I just feel like the, the first half of their season last year was somewhat of an aberration. Yeah. Um, and the thing about the Cardinals that kind of still sticks in my mind a little bit is, you know, uh, uh, they signed, um, what's his name, from, from they used to play for the Colts, uh, the defensive end. I uh, can't remember his name right now. Freeney. Uh, they, they signed Freeney. Yeah. You know, in the middle of the season, he ends up leading the team in sacks. Yeah. And so, you know, they got Chandler Jones, um, but but where, where's the pasture going to come from otherwise? Yeah. You know, Robert Kempiche is a guy who has a lot of potential, but, we're, we're, you know, not sure he's even going to start yet. Um, but I, I just – I still wonder about their pass rush uh, a little bit, especially their edge rush when, you know, last year it was so bad that they ended up having to go out and get – Franey and yeah. he leads the team in sacks and he's not there anymore. He's yeah. with Atlanta. So, um, but, you know, we'll see. They're also starting a rookie at one cornerback spot. And I think people are a little bit worried about that mm-hmm. as they should. Cause once again, you know, that's two teams, two of the top teams in the NF- NFC that's starting at least one rookie at cornerback. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see, but they also get back the honey badger. Uh, evidently he's not even on, the uh, injury list no. this week. So, uh, you know, they also have David Johnson on offense and Chris Johnson, the little Johnson and Johnson in the backfield, never hurt <laughs> nobody. Um, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, we already know what they can do through the passing game. We already know what Carson Palmer can do. Yeah. Um, but these teams are all, you know, they and the Seahawks are pretty evenly matched. Yeah. I think, you know, this division may actually come down to the records against each other yeah. this year. If, they, if neither team has another, you know, major injury, um, 
I think that it's going to go it's going to go down to the wire to the end of the season to decide who actually wins the the NFC West, and it's probably going to come down to whether they can beat you know if one of them can sweep the other team. Yeah. Um, usually they you know they're gonna you know maybe win both of them win at home or something like that. But if one of them can actually sweep, then I think that that that'll probably be how the, the, the division gets, gets figured out this year. But otherwise, they're just two very evenly matched teams. I love both coaching staffs. I watched mm-hmm. uh, that, 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 that uh, documentary on it, All In, I guess it was called. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. The documentary on their season last year. And I, I got even more admiration for the Cardinals uh, uh, coaching staff overall, not just the head coach, yeah. uh, but some of the, the, the position coaches as well. Um, and so I, you know, I, I just think that either one of those teams can win a division this year is pretty much a coin flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And you know, like, and I was thinking when I saw the Fetty news today, I was, st- you know, the still the thing that's so striking about Russell Wilson, and I, Russell Wilson was my. I mean, I don't put much stock in preseason predictions, but one was a, uh, you know, I think Russell Wilson is fully capable of winning an MVP award this year. And I think the thing that was most amazing to me about the Seahawks last year was just what he did with such a shitty offensive line. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks, that would be it, man. But, you know, he went out there and put up MVP numbers with that turd of an offensive line in front of him. Yep, and he's going to have to do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it looks like, um, uh, like I said, they at least tried – to address the offensive line with with the Fetty, but now he's going to be out for a few weeks. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not a season in the, in the injury. So, and with the offensive line, he might actually be able to fight through it a little bit sooner than say somebody that has to you know run real fast and yeah. do cuts and stuff like that. But um, you know, once you have a start out, then you know stuff starts kind of running downhill. Mm-hmm. If the guy was that good, he probably wouldn't be a backup. That's just you know. The honest to God truth. I've mm-hmm. been a backup. I, I'm just, I'm just saying that that's the honest to God truth. If he was that good, he would have been whoever they stick in there. Probably would have already been playing. Mm-hmm. Then they got Bradley Soul at left tackle, and you know, just on a personal note, they pissed me off really, really bad. Hyping up Gary Gilliam all damn all season <laughs> that he was going to be left tackle, and you get to uh, training camp, and they just you know totally throw that out the window and move him back yeah. to right tackle. I mean, I may or may not have already had already uh, you know, done all my research and film study and wrote written up uh, Gary Gilliam as my uh, breakout player for the Seahawks until they did that shit. Maybe, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. You know, <laughs> the world would never know. But yeah, but now you got Bradley Soul at left tackle. Yeah. Um, and eh, pretty sure if you look up journeyman offensive lineman in the dictionary, it might have a picture of Bradley Soul <laughs> beside it. Uh, and, and you know, from what I understand, you know, he hasn't looked you know very imposing in practice. I didn't think he looked all that great in the preseason either. It, which is kind of par for the course for the Seahawks, of course. Yeah. You know, when Russell Coon had been hurt so much, they always had to just stick somebody over their left tackle anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you would think, knowing that Russell Coon was gone, you, you had basically told Russell Coon that you had moved on 
so that he could go and sign somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, just, you know, he, I, Bradley Sewell has had 12 starts in his career, and they all came in 2013 for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I, I think that he was here. It, it, like, I, I don't think he was ever here in Tampa for the regular season, but I, I, I think he was around here for camp or something one year. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember exactly, but, uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Once again, that's the thing about Russell Wilson, man. Uh, people, some of these people who don't watch film try to knock him for running around as if he has a fucking choice. Yeah. Like, he's not running around half the time because he wants to. Is it because he's trying not to get killed? Yeah. Now he's used to that, so you know maybe it won't be a big deal. But you just will hope, man, some, at some point they would get the offensive line to a place where he didn't have to run all the time. And then you would really see how well he could play. Because, mm-hmm. look, his numbers from the pocket last year were outstanding. Yeah. Uh, in some respects, some of the better numbers in the league from the pocket. But when your offensive line fucking sucks, you can't stay in the pocket. It's just it, – it, it's not rocket science. Yeah. If you, uh, you can stay there and get sacked, but otherwise, if you still want to try to make a play for your team, you got to move. Yeah. And he's one of the best at it. Russell Wilson is. Um, I, I, I don't think there's much that he can't do as a quarterback at this point. He has matured every single year. He's gotten better every single year, in my estimation. And once again, a lot of it's going to come down to health. Mm-hmm. If, if, if Jimmy Graham can stay healthy for 16 games, then I think absolutely Russell Wilson is going to be one of the top MVP, MVP candidates at the end of the year, no matter yeah. what the offensive line. But he has to have weapons. It, it, it's no different from any other quarterback. And while I like some of his receivers, especially the young kid from last year, the rookie from last year, I uh, can't remember his name right now, um, Lockett. Yeah. Um, at the same time, just having that big target uh, like like Jimmy Graham gives you an opportunity where you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Right? These other wide receivers are good, but they aren't necessarily guys that you would say have this huge catch radius. Yeah, Jimmy Graham can go get the football, man, and, and and he's a matchup problem because you can't decide whether to put a DB or a linebacker on him. Mm-hmm. So if he can finally stay healthy for the Seahawks, then I think that will go hand-in-hand with Russell Wilson being an MVP candidate. Yeah. But if he can't, you know, I, that's not to say that they won't be still be successful, but I think it, you know, there's no way that Russell Wilson's numbers won't won't – uh, take a little bit of a hit without having him out there. Every team or every quarterback needs that one receiver that can just go and get the football. Yeah. You know, a Dez Bryant, you know, uh, uh, I was talking about uh, Cam getting Kelvin Benjamin back. These yeah. big guys that can get the football. And that, you know, while he's not a wide receiver, that's who Jimmy Graham was traded, you know, you know the, the, the Seahawks traded to get him to be that kind of receiver yeah. for Russell Wilson. And without him, they're just you know, there's really not that guy on the roster. No, no, it, it, it's not. It'll be interesting. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
And then, and I guess there there is another team in that division, the San Francisco 49ers, which whoo. I guess they're a uh, that's a team that's playing for next year, I think. Trying to trying to string it through this season and make it through and get to next year, maybe they're uh, in the Deshaun Watson or 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 the the pass rusher out of Texas A&M sweepstakes. Well, I mean, um, it's hard to argue against it. I'll put it that way. Uh, look, they have some young, talented players. You know, they got Armstead last year up front. They got Buckner this yeah. year. Um, and they still have Navarro Bowman, of course. They still have Amad Brooks. Uh, Tank Carradine just got an extension. Uh, it looks like he's finally found a spot for him at outside linebacker. Um, but it just, you know, I don't know, man. It's just even Chip Kelly, I think, is a good fit for some of the, the talent they have on this team. But you're starting Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. And, you know, okay, he beat out Colin Kaepernick, who didn't play until, like, the fourth preseason game. Yeah. Whoop damn dude. He's still Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. I keep telling people – you can hype him up all you want to. Go back and watch the film from last year. He wasn't really that good. He was just better than we expected. Yeah. Um, Paulo's Hyde, even in the preseason, has still been nicked up a little bit. And that's kind of been the story of his career so far. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they got Anthony Davis back and they put him at right guard now, but he's lost a whole lot of weight and hasn't looked like the same player so far. Um, and, you know, they got Torrey Smith and – Jeremy Curley. Jeremy <laughs> Curley. Jeremy Curley, who for some reason just did not want to put on the field at all last year. Uh, it's, I don't know, man. This team is just – you never know. Again, on paper. No, you don't. It's on, they could go out there and who knows. But, man, it's just – it's like peanut butter with no jelly or something. Something is wrong. Something, <laughs> like when you look at this roster, something is just – it's not right. It doesn't look – you look for somewhere where you say, oh, well, this is where this team is really, really strong. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully you have a couple different places like that. But I just – I don't know. And, and once again, I'm not, I'm not apologetic about this at all. They got Blaine Gabbert starting. That's enough reason for me to pick against them most weeks, period, point blank. Yeah. I, I might, he might make, you know, a, a, a few plays, might win a few games. But at the end of the day, Ben against Blaine Gabbert will get you rich. <laughs> yeah, I'm it will. <laughs> so, Chip Kelly or not, I don't give a damn. It's Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. So, um, and and I think you know once again, teams. I think a lot of teams underestimated him last year too, and so now that's not going to happen again. No. Now they're actually going to be prepared for this. And they know what Chip is going to run from the stuff he did in Philly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just – I don't see it. I wouldn't be surprised if Kaepernick starts at some point this season. And yeah, maybe it's just because Gabbert gets – is so bad that he just well, gets – Yeah, he's going to get – he's going to get hurt at some point. You know, I, I'm not wishing that on him. No, no. But, but it's just – you look at all these components and you say it's going to be hard for him to avoid getting hurt. Just because. Yeah. Uh, 
And that's not about Chip Kelly running the quarterback or anything. We saw in Philly he doesn't have to do that no. uh, much, if at all. But it's just, you know, all of these pieces <clears throat> seem like it's a bunch of puzzle pieces that don't necessarily fit together. <laughs> so, and, and, and it doesn't help when you're in that particular division. Yeah. Right? You, 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 you're, going to, you're in one of the strongest divisions in football. Yeah. And, you know, uh, especially the, 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 the Seahawks, they're going to get after your ass yeah. as far as cash rush. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think at some point you, you're going to see Kaepernick out there. But quite honestly, I haven't seen a whole lot of good out of Kaepernick either uh, in the last you know year or so. No. So I, I don't know that that's going to help or, or hinder. I will say that uh, you have more options with him because he can still run now. Yeah. He did see in the preseason – uh, he can still run with the football. And, um, you know, like I said, Chip Kelly really hasn't had that since he had Vic um, as his starter. Yeah. So there's there's some things that they could do with him, but I don't think that's going to make much of a difference in the win-loss column. They just – the roster just isn't that great right now. Yeah. Um, and and, and <clears throat> it's funny how, how it kind of turned around, right? Like, I remember when they were drafting all these injured guys and we were all, well, not maybe everybody, but I know I was definitely like, oh man, they're so smart. Yeah. You know, already so good. uh, And they can draft these guys and give them a year to to really get healthy. But a bunch of those guys didn't work out. No. (laughs) So now it's not just the top line guys. You look and you don't have much. When you're talking about backups, you you don't have much quality depth either. So it's just, you know. No, uh, and that's the weird thing. Like this this team, like not just on the 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 field product sort of reflects the meltdown that kind of happened behind the scenes because it's just like, I mean, I know Harbaugh's long gone at this point, but man, like that just was so acrimonious. And like you still see the fallout from that because like, with Kaepernick, even before the his protest with the anthem, you there was this sense from the team that they just like I mean, I'm honestly surprised he's still on the roster this year. I mean, given the level of you know, what kind of they were saying about him and the the back and forth you got in the media from the you know, Trent Balky and the front office and Kaepernick side of the coin. And just it seemed like they really were determined to do everything they could not to play him when they had to and and just like you know he's still there which is good i mean i think that's a plus i think chip kelly's if he had any influence on the decision that's to his credit because i mean he's still to me the best quarterback they have on that roster but right Uh, and and, you know it would have been very interesting to see what would have happened if kaepernick hadn't had to miss those a couple preseason games with his bad arm or whatever I do think that would have made it a lot more interesting, but uh, I'm with you. It, it just seemed like everything pointed to them um, parting ways with, with Kaepernick, and, and maybe that's Chip Kelly intervening and saying, "Look, you know, maybe this guy isn't our starter, but I'm not. I'm not rolling with uh, you know these other backups. I'm not rolling with Christian Ponder. Yeah, as my backup quarterback. I, I'm you know I'm not rolling with Jeff Driscoll as my backup quarterback." Uh, let's keep this guy. We already have him and, and roll with it. But I just, you know, like a week or so ago, I remember um, 
I think it was before the protest stuff. Uh, somebody said, like they had talked to Trent Balky, the, the the GM, and he evidently said something like, "I had a good conversation with with Colin Kaepernick the other day." Mm-hmm. And then when they asked Colin about it, he was like, "Well, it, well, it was a conversation." <laughs> <laughs> he refused to say it was a good conversation. We were like, "Yeah, we talked, you know, okay, <laughs> we had a conversation, but uh, you know, we know that they've had." You know, animosity. It's been mutual animosity between him and, and the front office this whole offseason. And I never understood it from the get go because, I, like I, I said at the time, if, if there was ever an offense that that Kaepernick could see himself actually pulling himself together and and and, and being back somewhere in, at least in the middle of the pack, if not the top part of the pack of quarterbacks. It would be this one. Like, there, there's just not a whole lot of other offenses around the league, especially ones where he actually would have a chance to beat out the starter or, or win the starting job. Yeah. That, that is as conducive to his best attributes, his best talent. Yeah. Than Chip Kelly. And yet he wanted to get out of there like nobody's business. So it didn't happen. And, and, and maybe it'll actually work out for the best for him. Uh, from that aspect, but yeah, it's very curious because I think uh, most people thought that the protest stuff was kind of like the final straw. Yeah, like they weren't gonna come out and say that, but it gave them as much excuse as any to finally just go ahead and move on. Yeah, but, but they didn't. Like I said, I, I, you gotta believe that's probably the head coach intervening right there because I can't, I can't believe that after all of this the GM was like, yeah, we'll just go ahead and keep him on the roster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what that team does. That whole se- I mean, it's a, they'll have several interesting storylines to follow this season. And unfortunately, most of them won't really have anything to do with the win-loss column. All right, that's cool. But uh, it's going to be good. I, I'm really pretty excited for the se- – as excited for a season that I can re- – I'm always pretty pumped up for the season. I mean, it's kind of – I mean, it's it's my damn job. But I'm more excited for this season than I have been in a long, long time. Maybe I actually got some rest in the off season. I don't know. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Game tonight, though, Stephen. We're back in business, man. We're back. We are back, and we'll actually be able to talk about real football next week. I know. I can't wait, man. I just, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I, I, I can't wait. Probably about a fourth quarter. If it's not close, though, I'll probably be snoozing off. But for right now, <laughs> for right now, I can't wait. I'm jazzed up. I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, it's, like I got a game today. <laughs> I know, and like, I don't even think it's like set in yet. Like, just like, oh shit, there's a real potentially good football game on TV tonight and one that actually counts. So when it counts, you know, I'm, I'm only, I'm only saying that maybe not close thing. Cause it's a Thursday night football game. The Thursday <laughs> night football game just generally don't treat us well, but Hey, you never know. <laughs> uh, maybe this one doesn't have the same DNA as the other Thursday night football game. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. Hey, Steven, great podcast and uh i next week's gonna be awesome we got we'll have 16 games to talk about and a hoss of the week also the week coming up ready to go man i am ready to go hey uh have a good one take care enjoy the games tonight and uh let's talk again next week